1: Mike, it's conference championship weekend. just to the Packers, can they finish that road trifecta? Or will the Steelers and the Bears defend their home turf? Let's get it going, man.
0: One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no-holds-barred. It's game time. Say- On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics In and out of the world of fantasy sports Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404 Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio Where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide Let's hope they're still friends afterwards Here they are, Scott and Mike.
1: part of your night. Friday, January 21st, 2011, this broadcast brought to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Those Kentucky Wildcats are having a little tough time. This this, this rookie freshman strategy of Calipari, maybe it just doesn't work all
2: the time, Mikey. Yeah, I'll tell you what, they are, but uh, the one thing... Uh, I posted it uh, a couple days ago, the difference between this year's team and last year's team. Last year's team, uh, they loved to get booed and be hated. This year's team needs to be coddled and loved. Uh, This year's Kentucky Wildcat basketball team, they're just going to have to learn to get tough, and that's all there is to it. Uh, Last year, DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, even Eric Bledsoe, they they didn't care about that stuff. They didn't care about going on the road. It didn't matter to them, get booed, whoop de Uh This year's team, when they get booed or something like that happens to them, they fold up like an accordion. So uh, this team, they're going to have to get tough between now and March, but I'm sure they will.
1: All you got to do is mention Big Blue, and Mikey could go on and on and on. Hey, thanks for uh, listening to Red vs. Blue every Friday night. We've got the crew here, the chat room at Red vs. Blue, comprised of some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. I want to mention our uh, Twitter account at RedBlueRadio. You can always give us the tweets. Mention uh, we've got the Gmail inbox, Radio at com. You can always send us your emails or questions for the show. We're streaming live on iTunes Radio and streaming live at the Fantasy Sports Channel. Mark Ronick and the guys got us going at FSC.fm. They bring you fantasy sports action on on the radio, on Vlog Talk Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's nonstop fantasy mania. If you like this show, uh, please click the subscribe button so you will never miss a show. The podcast will download straight to your iTunes. It doesn't get any easier than that. And uh, we, we always love to see you in the chat room. Okay, Mike, we've got four teams left. It's conference championship weekend. Where are all the Piker fans? Where are all the Steamer fans? Uh, you've got two of the teams that have the biggest history in uh, the National Football League, and they're just quiet on the boards. You don't see them anywhere. You would think they'd be out in full force and full effect to support their teams, You know, and the other thing is, I'm not so confident, Mike, that, uh, you know, everybody's talking about Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron Rodgers that, best quarterback we've ever seen. Nobody was talking about the Seahawks to beat the Saints. Nobody was talking about the Jets to beat the Patriots. And absolutely nobody is picking the Bears to beat the Packers. And, Mike, if I've learned anything in my years, my 35 years of gambling, It's uh, You know, when everybody's going one way, I always go the other way. And I'm thinking the Bears have a little bit of uh, respect. They're a little tired. I bet you Urlacher, I bet you uh, Julius Peppers, I bet they're tired of hearing about how good Rodgers is. And I bet you they're ready to defend that home turf. What do you think,
2: buddy? Yeah, you know what? Uh, You know, last week uh, when we we put together our picks and uh, we talked about them, you know, obviously, I laid an egg. I I, I didn't do hardly anything at all, uh, and you did pretty well. Uh, yeah, Chicago—they're probably tired of hearing about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but uh, you know, Chicago—the only way Chicago can be tired of hearing about Aaron Rodgers is to stop Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that last uh, last week of the the regular season, eh, they they put a stop to him pretty good. But you know, I. Aaron Rodgers, he had a phenomenal game, guys. I mean, let's face it. One of the best games, uh, one of the best playoff games that I've ever seen. He was phenomenal as far as just pinpoint receptions. And uh, that ball, I mean, he when he was throwing it, it was such a spiral. And it was so fast coming to the wide receivers and tight ends. I mean, he was spot on. Um so what's going to change is, is Chicago going to make him, uh, you know, push a little bit harder to where that ball is not going to be right there on its point. Uh, what's going to change between Chicago's defense and Atlanta's defense? Uh, I, I would say there's going to be a whole lot and, you know, we'll find out Sunday, but, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be different for Aaron Rodgers to, uh, to, to come to, but, uh, I, I don't think he's going to back down that much. I don't see, I don't see the type of game that he's going to have. I don't think he's going to have the type of game this week that he had last week. But I don't see him sliding back that far.
1: All right, don't reveal your pick just yet, my man. We're gonna we're gonna make all those picks a little later in the show. We've, uh, you know what? I've got it in my hands. I've got a DVD in my hands. I've been wanting to watch this for a while. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, our phone number is 347-324-5404. Feel free to give us a call. Tell me about this DVD, uh, The League, the complete season one. I'm opening it up right now as we speak. I've been I've been hearing good things about this thing. Uh, let me read you what it says on the back, Mikey. I know you don't watch movies, but uh, it says, Get drafted into the hilarious first season of The League. A full contact look at the hyper-competitive, hysterically unrestrained world of fantasy football. The league's members are a tight crew of long-time buddies, but that doesn't stop an all-out bliss of trash-talking, deceit, and ruthless extortion. Watch as their obsession with winning the highly coveted yet utterly absurd championship trophy impacts their careers, their sex lives, families, and above all, their dignity. I've been wanting to watch this, and I have not seen one single episode. Uh, it's called The League, uh, the complete season one. If anybody's in the chat room and you and you've got a chance to check this out, uh, definitely let us know what you think because I'm looking forward to I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out, Mikey.
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm not big into movies and stuff like that, but uh, I I just wrote it down and uh, I would love to I'd love to see that.
1: Sounds like some guys are having a, a hard time hearing us in the chat room. You can always remember we stream live at fsc.fm. And we also stream live on your iTunes radio. Just go to iTunes radio. I haven't looked at it in a while. Uh, there's a section under Fantasy Sports. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put these comments in the chat room so they know. Uh, you know, every once in a while, blog talk radio has server issues, but we are uh, we are rolling. I see the chat room is up. The switchboard is rolling. We've got the calls. And uh, you can also call in. You can also call in to hear the show. Uh, lots of lots different of ways to here, to, interact to If you're having uh, if you're having issues, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Another thing that I saw on the message boards this week, Mike, that I want to talk about. You know, we do represent the high stakes uh, world of fantasy football, and people want to know what's going on there. Uh, I, I see on the boards the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, our good friend Dave and Alex are talking about. A 14-team format. Now, obviously, the NFFC has always owned the 14-team format. They've they've kind of pioneered that and championed that over the years, and it's been a highly successful uh, format over there for those 250 some odd guys. But uh, we played it a couple years there, Mike, and we didn't do so well. But we've uh, we always enjoyed the challenge that it brought. And the question that's up in the air, Mike is for the 14 team format do you want the 18, 19 or 20 man rosters what are your what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah you know when i first saw that uh as far as being 14 teams uh it intrigued me i i'm like yeah that's cool and i don't think it's going to be uh obviously uh league wide but uh for a couple of different leagues uh, a 14 teamer uh, you know i think the 20 our 20-man roster is a little bit too much. Uh, but on the other side of it, it really doesn't uh, deplete waivers. Uh, you're still going to have plenty of guys out there because we all know come uh, week one, two, three, players go down, and then you're always scrambling for backups. Uh, I think the one thing that we've learned, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but uh, the one thing that we were we learned from the uh, – from the 14-teamer is uh, your waivers, you're going to spend a lot of money and spend a lot of money quick. It's, it's going to be done in those first uh, three, four weeks, uh, you know, after injuries. So uh, I, I would prefer an 18, 18-man roster, but uh, if, a, if it's a 20-man roster, there's still going to be viable options open.
1: Yeah, we've got a, we've got a a couple of uh responses in the chat room. Uh one from uh Mr. Wayne Ellis. He's talking about the 14 teams. He likes the 14 but he won't play in the 18 man roster league. I'd like to know why that is. Uh you know, the 18 is a little short uh and you know, it does leave that uh, free agency pretty competitive, right? Uh when you when you uh when you take the 20 man rosters or the 19 man rosters with the 14 team format, it it does uh, deplete your your pool of available players, right? I mean, there's not much to choose right. from, and uh, the free agency gets pretty watered down, don't you think?
2: No, no, I I think the free agency is wide open uh, come week one and two, and especially week three, uh, because it's you know there's going to be a ton out there. It just you know it 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 comes down to how much do you want to spend on them that, that first couple of weeks? Once one of your players goes down, because it's going to happen. One of them players will go down that you have on, in, in your uh, on your roster. And then what I'm seeing out of this is you have to spend more to get your player than uh, versus a twelve teamer. Does that make yeah, sense? yeah, at all? And that's
1: what they're talking about in the chat room, man. I played in a. I played in a league where we had a couple of guys who. Um, it was a local draft up here, and they said, "Now we got to play the 16-team rosters. We want we want to be competitive throughout the year." They didn't. Have, they weren't like real big studiers of the draft. They wanted to have a a chance to kind of catch up if they if they bombed out on their draft. Well, they had the 16-team format. I still won the league, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, man, it was hard to put together a, a lineup, we, you know, you gotta figure out do I wanna back up my quarterback or my kicker or my tight end. I don't have a lot of roster spot there to play around with, so uh it was kinda it was kinda tough. I could see how the eighteen team would be uh tough as well in a league that's as competitive as these guys play in. And uh nineteen would probably be a little bit of a better sweet spot, maybe even twenty. So I, I well, think in the
2: FFCC. Go ahead, Mike. Real quick, Scott. Some some I noticed uh, in the uh, couple years that we, that we did that with the uh, NFFC, it was, you know, it just seemed like that most of the money in the uh, in a free agency blind, blind bidding was just pounded those first three four weeks, and you know that's just something I, I saw. You better get them, and you better get them now. Yeah, I'm kind of
1: excited to see the FFPC take on the 14-team format. It does sound like uh, the NFFC is going to have some good news on the horizon, uh, maybe a potential buyer for the NFFC and NFBC. Obviously, the news uh, came out recently with Fanball and Liberty Media not wanting to continue with Fanball, uh, the firing of Ryan Houston, and uh, potentially uh, not knowing what uh, the, what's going to be the history or, or the, the future for the NFFC and the NFBC. So, you know, the question remains uh what's going to happen? They're taking all those sign-ups for the NFBC. Greg seems real confident. By the way, congratulations to Greg Ambrosius who is a uh Hall of Fame uh, inductee into the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. Very cool. good to see Greg get honored for that. They're going out to Vegas. Uh they're going to have a good time um and he, he he it's a well-deserved award for him. He's been uh he's been involved in this industry for Quite some time, and it wouldn't be where it is today without uh, somebody like Greg. So uh, it's good to see he got that uh, got that honor. But you know, the NFFC is uh, still up in the air. Uh, NFBC is a, a, a very successful baseball business, a, a very successful yeah. baseball brand. The customers are very loyal. Uh, it's a great contest, and people are already signed up. They're ready to go to their live drafts. And the question is, who's going to own this thing? Kind of kind of kind of shaky ground there, Mike
2: yeah you, you know what i'm i'm already uh i'm already looking forward to uh doing something like that uh you know i'm looking forward to getting to a couple of teams in in some different uh leagues but uh you know i can't i can't commit- commit myself uh to something that i'm not sure what's gonna happen so uh you know i guess i'm just gonna have to uh you know just kind of set tight
3: well, hey, listen, there's
1: only two games in town. If you want a high stakes fantasy baseball, you've got two options. You've got the NFBC. Uh Lance can tell you all about that. He's in the chat room. Uh or you could try um, the, the the World Championship of Fantasy Baseball, the WCOFB. Yep. Uh you've got those two I options think, those I think, two uh, sure.
2: Well I think Dave Taboli I mean he's been uh, he's been working on some things and uh you know, if you go to uh FFPC- you know if you go to their uh, board uh, you'll find a spot where uh, he's kind of working on some things so uh you know we're looking we're looking for something to happen and uh lance you know if you know just shoot me a text uh email whatever uh you know I want to get things going because I'm ready for it yeah
1: well,, I didn't know about that. that's interesting you know and, and what you said is you know you can't put your money where you don't know where it's going. I had a conversation with our good friend Jeff Gill, who was owed sixty thousand dollars from the uh the a f f l fiasco to those guys and Mike wouldn't you know it, that there's still not a happy ending in that story in that situation uh even taking these guys to court, you know, racking up uh you know you get into corporate law, you know the civil matters. Right. uh it doesn't seem like criminal has ever uh stuck with this uh with these with these guys they advertise a top prize and they don't send out the, the the prize checks it never ends up in criminal charges it's always a civil court civil suit and they they blame it on bad business decisions or uh bad business strategy or uh you know what a high, too high of expenses or whatever and you know these guys end up uh, taking their money and they move it from one account to another. It disappears. And, uh, they you know, start uh, another league. Yeah, they start another league and, and the guys yeah. just don't end up getting paid. And, and Jeff was telling me, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you, you spend all that money in legal expense. You could rack up, you know, how, how much do you want to spend and, you know, trying to fight these guys. And, and you know, they obviously had enough money to, to pay attorneys and, and to keep fighting. And, uh, You know, at the end of the day, those civil suits that corporate law becomes uh, who has a bigger stack of cash to, you know, a war chest? Who has a bigger war chest? Whoever has a bigger war chest is going to win. You're going to run them out of money trying to fight it. You're going to, you know, just flood you with paperwork. That's all they're going to do is flood you with paperwork.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, everybody's on a treadmill uh, at that point. You know, you're going nowhere. And uh, But except the guys that get off, and what are they going to do? They're going to start another league, and they're going to get suckers to – I'm sorry to say this, but they're going to get suckers to buy into it, and next thing you know, they've got a new league going, and it, it, it makes me sick.
1: Well, I tell you what, that's why we want to make major strides at the Fantasy Players Association in the coming months to uh, make sure that the money that is spent this summer – on your uh, fantasy leagues, you know where it's going. You can look at the facts. You can see where it's happened. Look, it happened to uh, organizations uh, that we thought were good, that we thought that were sound. There was no worries of AFFL the first time it happened. There were definitely worries the second time it happened. Uh, There were no worries when the fantasy jungle went under, you know. Uh, there There weren't any worries when the FFOC went under. These things just happen, it seems like, out of the blue, but there are red flags. And there are smoking guns, and those are the things that have to be highlighted and illuminated so that everybody, even the customer that has no idea about the high-stakes world, that they can come in and that they can see uh, and make those decisions for themselves based on what we, the high-stakes players, uh, have to say about that. So that's uh, that's the hope for the FDA, and, and we're looking real forward to uh, that site uh, nearing completion. Uh, so. Anyway, uh, yeah, I just tell you, it just—it just, it just kind of makes me a little sick, to, you know, to hear that uh, good people like Jeff, uh, it doesn't end well, and it's—it's uh, it's not over, but it's still, it still—it still doesn't look like it's going to end well. So, uh, uh, you know, as I said, let, let, let's move on from that and let's let's get into uh, let's, let's get into looking at last week's games, Mike. I've got a caller from the nine hundred one, and I believe that to be Sheldon Steve Carter. How you doing, buddy?
3: What's up, Scott?
1: Man, I tell you what, I don't think we've been better, man. I can't catch enough football uh, with our... <laughs> oh, the well, conference championship game, Maybe. what do you
3: think? In the week that we lost to Miami, when we lost, lost to Green Bay, uh, I was having a lot of problems because we couldn't get in the end zone. You've been getting in the end zone against both the Colts and the Pats, two of the best teams in the conference. It's going to be hard to keep this rolling three weeks in a row, uh, but let's go for it. uh, Steve,
2: if if you don't mind me asking, uh, how's the plan, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, how's the plan for the Jets to get in the end zone against Pittsburgh?
3: Same way they did when they beat them twenty-two to seventeen.
1: Offense, defense, special teams. There's three phases of that game. We got Brad Smith healthy. I think you definitely give the special teams uh, edge to the Jets. Uh, The offense. uh, It's going to be fun, fun, fun to watch these two offenses match up against those two defenses. I tell you, that's that is going to be an absolute blast. As good as Rex Ryan is game planning. Uh, he's already stopped Peyton Manning, he's already stopped Tom Brady, and now he gets his third crack here. He gets his third crack at a superb quarterback show. Uh, Roethlisberger is absolutely no joke. This guy, I'll tell you what, if if there's anybody that's been over uh, underrated, Roethlisberger, he is 9-2 in his career in the postseason. And (laughs) He led that great comeback win against the Ravens last week. and he, Look, I'm looking at this. He's one of five quarterbacks in NFL history with a career average of more than eight passing yards per attempt. I mean, he may not look pretty. His style might be a little unorthodox, but none of the game's elite quarterbacks, Manning, Brady, Rodgers, Brees, whoever, they, they don't get the ball down the field better than Big Ben. And, look, by the way, Roethlisberger, Number eight all-time in career passer rating, right behind Kurt Warner and ahead of some guy named Joe Montana. So this guy, is he is no joke. Wait, how, do you think, how do you think the Jets are going to do against him this third straight week in a row, Show.
3: Well, it's going to be difficult. It's hard to keep anything like that burning constantly, continuously. You're, you're going to have your down times. But – They've been doing it against two of the best teams in the conference when everyone said they couldn't even stay on the field with them. Uh, you pointed out that Pittsburgh had to come with a had to have a comeback. They were down twenty-one to seven. Well, if the Ravens could do it to them, so could the Jets. And the Jets might not let them come back.
1: Hey. Uh, Like I said, it might not look pretty, Uh, Mike. Big Ben's ability to move around in the pocket. He scrambles. He gets the ball downfield effectively. Uh, The the, the Jets love to ground and pound. But how how do you want to ground and pound a team like Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's the number one ranking in defense, rushing yards per attempt, three yards per attempt. And, in fact, only five teams in the Super Bowl era stuffed the run better than Pittsburgh did in 2010, Mike. How is Rex Ryan's... Gameplay got to fit in and
2: play these guys. Well, the one thing is going to be uh, little screen passes, little dump offs. Uh, the one thing, LT, Ladanian Tomlinson could be a huge factor in this game. Dustin Keller will be a huge factor in this game. In order for the Jets to win this game or to succeed and be competitive at the end, it's not going to be downfield. Uh, to Holmes or anybody else or Braylon Edwards, it's not going to be rushing the ball straight up the gut because that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I understand that, uh, you know, the Jets beat them the first time around. In order for the Jets to win this game, in my opinion, is dump balls to LT to where he has running room, Dustin Keller to where he has some running room, that is the key for the Jets, in my in my opinion, in the offensive uh, situation.
3: I think this, the secret here is going to be the same thing that the Jets have been doing the last two weeks is their defense is going to have to get them good field position. Their special teams are going to have to get them good field position and make it a short field for the offense. If they continue to do what they're doing and do that, they can beat Pittsburgh just like they beat the Colts and just like they beat New England. That's you know what that's a very good that's
2: a very good analogy because uh field position does mean a lot right now uh it means a lot in every game you play, but uh field position is going to be what it's all about if if Pittsburgh's starting first and ten from their own 15 every time they're in trouble if If the jets are starting first and ten from their own 15 every time they're in trouble so field position does mean a lot.
3: Controlled offense, controlled drives. How many times did Peyton Manning make it to the field in the second half?
1: Yeah, he didn't get his opportunity, did he? We
3: ball hogged the damn thing. And they put pressure on Brady. Uh, The difference with uh, Roethlisberger is he can run and he's a load to pull down. But uh, I think it can be done. It has been done. It can be done. And I think they can run on him, too.
1: You know, the Jets were clearly up and down this year, but I, I'll tell you what, they they've, they are a team that rises to the occasion, obviously, uh, thanks to Rex Ryan, and, and those leaders, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson and Jason Taylor and, and Bart Scott, you've got real leaders on this team that uh, believe they can do it, and and you talk about LT and, and, and Jason Taylor. These guys, you know, 14 years in the league for Jason Taylor, never been to the Super Bowl, you know, never been to the AFC Championship game, for that matter. So, you know, Braylon was fortunate enough to go last year, but I think these guys can appreciate the fact with leaders like that on this team that this doesn't happen every year, and it's, it's it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get into the AFC Championship game. I know Rex Ryan's making it look easy and Mark Sanchez, but, you know, uh, Rex Ryan's 4-1 in the playoffs with all five of those games played on the road, and his defensive schemes have... Uh, They've been executed to perfection you know by the players and, and, and as a result, I mean Indy went down. New England are two of the toughest road venues in the NFL. Uh the defense held those two offenses to a grand total of thirty seven points and they intercepted Tom Brady. That was the real that was really nice to see show, man. When they everybody was talking about Woodhead, Gronkowski and Welker, but uh Brady seemed confused all day. You had the interception. Uh, then you had that missed kick by Nick Falk. Oh, man, I went crazy with that. And then the turning point, I think, was, I want to say it was the Jericho-Coffrey play, man. That, that play was so so solid and the fake punt. I don't know, it was one of those two there, Show It was one of those that the time really said, you know what,
3: dude, we are here to play. The Jets have done what you have to do. They have caught on fire in the postseason. A team that catches on fire in the postseason, it doesn't matter what the seed is. All these teams have the same kind of talent. All these people, teams get their talent from the same places, and it's the guys that play together well, which they're doing because they like each other. Rex Ryan is a big reason for that, and they've called fire in the playoffs. Will they keep it? I don't know, but they got it going right now.
1: Mike, give me, uh, give me, uh what, you, what do you think? What are you looking at for uh, the ground game for the Jets? You got, you got uh, Sean Green or uh,
2: Mendenhall. Who ends up with
1: more yards
3: this week?
2: Um, i say they're about the same. i say they both end up with about, uh, I don't know, 30 yards rushing. They're not going to get much. I mean, that's just the way I see it. Uh, very few teams have been able to run against Pittsburgh and, uh, especially at Pittsburgh. I don't see that changing one bit. Uh, you, you can play the game in I don't care. You can play it in Pasadena, California, uh, the bottom line is uh, the Jets have to create something, and that's what I was talking about with the dub ball passes. So uh, I, I would say uh, the most yards uh, rushed would be uh, probably uh, John Green. But it's Boy, Pittsburgh be really Pittsburgh can really shut it down. That Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, I
1: had two scores. Wallace was really a non-factor. He had two great run defenses there. Heinz Ward had a score. Heath Miller had a score. Uh, I think Todd Heath had a score. But Pittsburgh absolutely shut down the Baltimore run game. They held them to 35 yards, and they held flat going to like a hundred and a buck and a quarter. So uh, did you guys see that drop at the end by Usman Zana? How do you drop that ball in that type of playoff situation? How does a veteran like that drop a ball? That's just, that just blew my mind. He was That's me. the only you You brought a veteran in like that was to catch a ball like that.
3: He was seeing the end zone before he uh, caught the ball.
1: Well, there's no guarantee. He goes down. They go down the field and score after that either. They still had – they were still down, but –
3: That's where his mind was, I think.
1: I think. Well, you got him in the chat room. Uh, Lance is talking about the Pittsburgh run defense much better than the Jets uh Indian New England definitely didn't have the defense that the Steelers have but uh look this game uh isn't played on paper it's played on the field and uh look Manning and Brady they couldn't you know they can't move around the pocket like Roethlisberger can uh Big Ben's he, the the way he can scramble I mean that kind of that kind of that, that kind of ability really scares me Joe I mean you know this is not going to be an easy game uh if, if anything I'm, I'm putting the game uh you know, within a uh, field goals are going to be very important. Field position is going to be very important. We've got punter? That punter uh, dropped down uh, that game uh, in the Pittsburgh game that we saw. He he put punts in the, within the five yard
3: line, like three or four times. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's 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 going to have to be a total team effort by whichever team wins. And that's always the case. And so you can say all this about this team's better than that team, and this team's on paper's got this. Emotion comes into this. Football's physical, mental, emotional, and if you've got that emotion going for you, and all these guys being equally talented, you can get it done. They've done it two weeks in a row, when no one said they could. Let's do it for three. Well, and, and uh,
2: out of these final four that are left, uh, would it surprise you to see uh, Chicago beat Green Bay? It wouldn't me. Would it surprise no. you to see uh, the Jets beat Pittsburgh? No. No. no I mean, so uh, all four of these, I mean, it doesn't matter uh, who wins or who loses because uh, in either situation, you can set back at the end of the day on it's Sunday, at nine thirty, ten o'clock, go. Yeah, I can see that.
3: Well, it can go yeah. either way. It can go any way, and so that—that's why they play the games.
1: Yep. If the Jets, if the Jets can pull off the trifecta and defeat Roethlisberger and the Steelers this Sunday, they will have knocked off three of the highest-rated passers in NFL history owners of a combined six Super Bowl rings, right, and done it all on the road. It would be, simply put, in my opinion, one of the greatest postseason runs in history. I'm telling you, this is history in the making. And Sanchez, second-year quarterback, this is not – this is no joke here, man. I'm, I'm soaking up every bit of NFL Network I can possibly soak up. When, when NFL turns into some kind of greatest plays of all time, I flip it over to Sports Center. I'm flipping it over to sport ESPN two. I'm I'm checking out everything I can, and I'm just soaking it in. Man, you we don't get this all the time. So this is the new Jets, right. and Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan brought the new Jets, Mike. They brought he brought
2: them to life. So you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's I'm,
1: what I'm
2: uh, saying. I'm, I mean, you know, he really has. I mean, he's got this team believing in what's going on. Uh, you know. When they're playing New England, they're, they're trash-talking left and right. Can't can't wait to do it, this and that. Well, that was before the game or after the game. But, I mean, before the game, they they were talking trash left and right, the foot, the, the, whatever. And then this week, it's been quiet. Nothing but crickets. Nothing but crickets. Like they know what, what they're going to do nothing. against Ben, ben Roethlisberger and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's been a I think Rex Ryan is a mastermind already, as far as okay, this is what we this is what we want to do this week now we've accomplished that now this week, this is what we're gonna do we're gonna stand
3: down and just keep our mouth shut and see what happens. Well, it was the pets and they don't like the pets, and the pets don't like the jets, and they're they're A-1 rivalry, and I sit and watch the game with a Pat fan. He and I are very good friends, and it's a good thing, but it was was a... I had butterflies in that fourth quarter all the way to the end because you didn't know what was going to happen, and it'll happen again this week against the Steelers, and you know, everybody, and Mike, I'm sure you did, you picked the Jets to lose the Colts, you picked the Pats yep. to beat the Jets, and it didn't happen. So the Jets aren't listening to any of that, and I think the reason they're being quiet towards Pittsburgh is they have respect for that group. They're not afraid of them, but they have respect for them. I don't think they respected the Pats because the Pats are the Pats. Yeah, well, yeah, you know,
2: I, that could be. Uh, go ahead, Scott. I, I just, you know, I, I think they're uh, not – Concerned about uh, Pittsburgh, but uh, you know, I guarantee you right now, Heinz Ward is just waiting and waiting to uh, lay a lick and uh, get a 15 yard penalty.
3: <laughs> well, great, march it off. Uh, no, don't yeah. worry about them, you got to <laughs> worry about them. They're too good, but uh, you won't see them going back to uh, New York before the game's played. Well,
2: all right, hey,
1: you know what, let's get our predictions, lay them out of here on the table. Uh, Mike, you always have the lines. You have the uh, the over-unders. All three of us, let's go ahead and make our Jets-Pittsburgh prediction here, Mike. What's the line on this game? All
2: right, uh, Jets-Pittsburgh. Let's go ahead and start with that. Uh, Pittsburgh minus 3.5 and 38.5. And okay. let's so go first.
3: Well, I'm not on the odds. I'm picking a Jets to win 21-17. That's my, that's my play right there. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm not worried about the odds or any of those things. I just think the Jets have got three touchdowns in them, and uh, they'll probably have to come from behind to win, but I think they'll do it.
2: Mikey? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, I like Pittsburgh minus the three-and-a-half. Uh and the one play I really like in this game is the over thirty-eight and a half. I think both teams will score, and they'll score enough uh, special teams uh, to come into factor there. I could see uh, seven points scored on special teams. Uh, I like the uh, I like the Jets or I like Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh minus three and a half, and I love the over thirty-eight and a half. Alright, so what's what's your prediction on the score there, bud? Uh it's gonna be a uh like a twenty eight to uh twenty twenty one type thing. Twenty eight, twenty one. All right, I'm
1: I'm taking my Jets. Obviously the Jets, I I I've stuck with them since the beginning of the year. Uh twenty seven, twenty four in a hard fought game. I do think the special teams have the ability to score Will they? I don't know. You know, we talked about that the other day. It's very hard to get a special team score. I was looking at the first round of the playoffs, Mikey and I were talking about that, and I thought for sure there'd be one or two, and there weren't any. You know, special teams are very hard to get a score on, especially against teams like this. Uh, But I will say that special teams will contribute in a big way. You definitely get those returns from, uh, you know, uh, Brad, and you get those returns from – uh, Cromari across the 50, those are going to be huge. Uh, I, I don't understand why Revis is matching up with Heinz Ward's show. I, I really think Revis should match up with Mike Wallace. I, I'm really adamant about that. I know it worked last time, but I think I think it would be better to see Revis match up with Wallace. He's the one you don't want to get behind. And I heard Ty Law say that the other day when he was on the show with, with Rich Eisen. That's not a guy you want to let have a big day. And Mike Wallace can burn you and burn you fat. And you can't miss big touchdown plays here. You can't have these big plays burn you in a game of this magnitude. They've got to earn every single point they can get. And if they can burn you like Pierre Garçon burned us, that's, that's going to hurt in a game like this because you've got defense with the burn. I say shut Mike Wallace down and let Cromartie and maybe a, a safety help roll over and and stop Hines Ward and Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders might be the story of this game, but I definitely think Rebus should be on Mike Wallace, man. What, what, do, you, what do you what do you make of that show?
3: Well, I think it's because they like the height and the ranginess of yeah. Marty to put him on Wallace. But just because they may start out that way, I don't think they're going to oh. play that way. I think they're going to switch. I think they're going to experiment, and I think they're going to give them a lot of different looks, just like they always do, and that's the secret of the Jets' success. So I, I I think that's the reason why they may start out that way, but I don't think it'll stay that way.
1: Well, I appreciate you calling in, buddy. That's uh, it was good to hear from you. We need all the Jets positive mojo we can get, and uh, man, we're going to be having a party here at the house. And feel free to drive up sixty five if you want to if you want to party with some, <laughs> some Jets fans. We'll be up here and uh, we'll be rooting our team on at six thirty Eastern on Sunday, my friend. Okay,
3: buddy. Bye.
1: Yes, sir. All righty. Bye, bye. Let's, let's go ahead and give Show one of those more, uh, one more of those. jokes. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, you're betting, you're betting against the Jets one more time, huh? You just can't get enough of betting against the Jets the whole darn way. It doesn't matter who <laughs> plays in
2: the NFC. You're still gonna pick against them, aren't you? No, 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 no. I'm just going by what I, what I see, and uh, based on stats and uh, what I'm seeing with Jets and Pittsburgh, uh, there's no way the Jets are going to be able to run against this team. So, like I said, uh, I, this is the third time I'll say it, uh, the the only chance the Jets have is with double passes because I really do not believe that uh, they're going to run against Pittsburgh. We, we already know that. And they're not gonna throw long against Pittsburgh. I do not believe that either. So they it's gonna be dump off passes and uh you know, plays that they need to put into uh into place with uh with Lt and uh what have you, uh maybe Dustin Keller again, uh just dump off twenty yard uh receptions. Oh boy, okay. So let me let me let me let me
1: word it like
2: this.
1: Let me word it like this. If, okay. the Packers, if the Packers beat the Bears, you know, 27 uh, 20. We haven't touched that game yet. Hold on, hold on.
2: We haven't touched well, that game yet. Well, I don't yet. care.
1: I'm just saying. If the Packers beat the Bears 27 20 and the Jets win, who do you take in the game? Packers, Jets. Woo! Uh,
2: you take the Packers. Yeah, I know you.
1: You don't even got have to, to. answer. Okay, exactly. now, if the Bears win a hard-fought game uh, in Soldier Field, uh, you know, let's say they hold the pay- the Packers down to uh, 13 points and they end up winning uh, 17-13, and the Jets win, who do you take? Jets. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You finally would come around then, huh? You finally would. Listen, I'm not coming the around. I'm being Steelers, I'm being uh, They didn't have that all the time. Ran the run of the ball. LT averaged four and a half yards of carry. Uh, Sean Green rushed uh, twelve times for forty yards. Uh, you know they they ran for over a hundred yards that day. Now Metcalf ran for a hundred yards too. So I, actually they took away that one yard. Remember the bad spot, and they they knocked him down to nine, nine yards. But uh, what really happened was Braylon Edwards went off again. He's been going off every single game in the playoffs and. He had no it, problem going off against it, the Steelers. It's,
2: so, it's, yeah. a, it's a difference of the field. I mean, I will take the Jets against uh, Chicago any day of the week in the Super Bowl in Dallas, where the field is going to be sharp and pristine. Yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that, the difference in that game for sure. Rather, I mean, the Bears did play a heck of a game in that Jets game uh, earlier this year. So you know, the Jets have seen all these teams. They played Pittsburgh. They they beat Pittsburgh. They played the Bears. They lost a heartbreaker there at the the last drive. Sanchez threw the ball away. Shouldn't done it. Uh, and then the Packers game that they played, man, the Packers he could they, he couldn't move the ball at all on the Packers, and it was very disappointing. I think, but they did hold the Packers out of the end zone that game. If you remember, they won. Uh, Packers won that game nine to nothing. I think three field goals. That was all they had. Uh, yep. Jets didn't allow Jets didn't allow a touchdown. Kept them out of the end zone. So. I tell you what, this team, uh, this team can get into that. Let's move it over to the NFC. Green Bay just dominated Atlanta. Rodgers went off 360 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he threw it to everybody. Uh, Jordy Nelson looks like a, a huge weapon next year uh, when, when Donald Driver retired. Maybe James Jones. He drops too too many balls for me. I think I'll take my chances with Jordy Nelson as a, as a draft pick. James starts to ran the ball 25 times. Not for a lot of yards, but he still shows that he can carry the rock. And, look, the Green Bay defense did its job all day on Matty Ice. 186 yards and that terrible interception at the end of the half, Mike, to Tremont Williams who ran it all the way back. Oh, what a terrible, terrible pass. They they could have taken the point and they just lodged it in there and they
2: ran back and that was the difference maker. Came over at that point. Well, you know what? I kind of agree that that was a different, difference maker, but not really. I mean – whether that happened at the end of the first half or whether it happened uh, midway through the third quarter, uh, Aaron Rodgers—I mean, it was his day. I mean, he was going to make this thing uh, make this thing happen for Green Bay, and uh, I mean, that was one of the best performances I've ever seen out of a quarterback in a playoff situation. I—I I mean, spot on. Those balls were just coming so fast and so spiral tight. Um, so, he had a great game. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Now, moving forward against Chicago, can he have that same type of game? Um, you know, I can't – you know, I'm well, – why can't he? What's it tell me that he can't? Is, is it the Chicago Bear defense? It's hard to say, man. It's going to be one
1: of those – Gotta be one of those games, man, where uh, you just don't know what two teams are gonna show up. I mean, the bitter rivalry does play an element here. They look four times that uh, the Bears have played uh, the last four times they played this Aaron Rodgers three touchdowns combined for Aaron Rodgers. Look, that's not more. That's not just a fluke, and that's just not a good game plan. That's more than a trend. That's reality. Rodgers does not find a lot of passing success and scoring success against the Chicago Bears. Look, Lovey Smith's been there since the beginning. They were calling for his head uh at the beginning of the year. They were there were a lot of fans that said, you know, it's it's Lovey's time to go. But then he brings in Mike Tice. He brings in Mike Marks. He's got three big personalities on that team and, and you got a Mike Marks offense with a Lovey Smith defense. This
2: thing is really hard to Huh? I, I said that's hard to go wrong there hard to go wrong. I mean, you don't have, there's no talent
1: on that offense. I mean, Johnny Knox and Devin Esther, the best player is a special teams player, right? I mean, it's not it's not anything to get all uh, excited about here. Matt Forte, who who a lot of us spent top three picks on two years ago, we got severely disappointed. I mean, he's probably the best player on the team. And, and Jay Cutler, I mean, Jay Cutler, it's either, this game is either going to be his defining time where he says, you know what, I am an elite player to be mentioned in the same breath as a Matt Schaub, Eli Manning-type player, or I'm back here down in the depths of quarterback yeah. hell, you know, where, uh, if, you know, he's just going to throw some bad – look, Jay Cutler, we know the definition of Jay Cutler. He's going to throw some bad balls. He's going to make some bad decisions. And he's going to throw some passes that you're going to look at and you're going to say, that's incredible. He's got that kind no of long. arm.
2: Scott, as far as this game goes, uh, I, I think what you said is, is correct. But then again, if, if he makes the right decision, they're, they're going to eat up clock left and right and just keep moving it. Uh, I really, you know, I like the under 43. Yeah. Okay. But the Packers I mean, have been the hottest. I'm, just, hottest I'm looking at this. I mean, I'm going to throw out something. Uh, the reason I like the under 43 is because uh, field conditions will come into play because, let's face it, uh, it's, it's a horrible field. Neither team likes it. Uh, and they might have a tough time. I'm giving it about a uh, 12, 14-minute uh, cushion to where they can get adjusted to it. Uh, The only reason I'm taking the under 43 is I'm expecting no special teams touchdowns. If that doesn't happen, then should be in good shape with the under 43.
1: Look, Chicago needs a monster performance in the midway from its defense on Sunday to even slow down this Green Bay offense that's clicking on all cylinders right now. And I'm I think they they can put it together just because you've got Urlacher, you've got Julius Peppers, you've got real leaders on this defense that aren't there to play around. I mean, that's a a defense that you don't want to – and, look, they've they've gotten their fair share of, you know, good luck this year playing a lot of scrub quarterbacks, but they played who's in front of them every single week, and that's all they can do. And, you know, look, they didn't look good against the Patriots, but, hey, you get a couple of those games where you just don't look good. I mean – the Packers, I don't see how a team like the Packers could lose two offensive, potent weapons in their offense. They lost Ryan Grant, and then a few weeks into the season, they lost Jermichael Finley. And, I mean, the only way they can overcome that is with Aaron Rodgers, and he, he showed it. The last couple of weeks, he outplayed Michael Vick. He outplayed Matt Ryan. And uh, what else did he do? Right there at the end of the season, he uh, they got they got real, real hot there at the end of the year. Um, they they played their way their way in. They beat the the Giants and the Bears at the end of the regular season. So, uh, man, you you beat the Eagles well, on the road and the Falcons. Really, the Falcons were never dominant, Mike. The Falcons were never dominant. They didn't blow out one single team on their entire schedule this year, and they're in the a one seed. It's like it's like the NFC. Nobody was ever dominant. They kind of slaughtered them in there, but one through six, you could have shaken them up anyway. And it, it's whoever's hot's going to win. On the AFC, it's not necessarily the hot team that's going to win. It's the better team is going to win. I mean, at the end of the day, the better team's going to win in the AFC. The hot team is what you want in the NFC because, wait, there's just nobody really ever stood out all those years. You waited for somebody to stand out, and nobody would. It was that kind of year for the NFL.
2: Well, yeah, it has been. I mean, uh, the, NFC, or the AFC, I'm sorry, the AFC has always been, uh, well, this year has been the better of conference. Uh there's no doubt about it. You're talking about Mike McCarthy. Uh if this guy does not get coach of the year, there's a problem. Uh, like you said, you lose your your stud running back in week one. Uh throughout the course of the year you're pulling you're pulling players from your practice squad because you're just decimated by injuries on your defensive end. So defensive squad, I mean, they're getting hurt left and right, and you're pulling players from the defensive squad, and you're starting them. And you continue to move forward and get to that point, still without your number one stud running back. That's the only reason that I was against Green Bay even getting this far, because they had no running game. Well, Mike McCarthy has made this happen, and if he does not get Coach of the Year there is a problem. Look at the look at the other side of the field here, though, for a second.
1: Look at look at the Bears roster. Look at this is the year of the this is the, a passing league, right? The NFL is a passing league. You've got to be able to pass the ball to win in the NFL, at least a little bit. I mean, any more in the last in the last five years, you had to be able to pass the ball with with all the rules. But, and look at the Bears. Your best player is Johnny Knox. I mean, I don't think he's even – he's like the fourth or fifth best player. The fourth or fifth best wide receiver on the Packers. And he's your best wide receiver for the Bears. I mean, he can't even make the practice squad on the Packers, okay? That's Johnny Knox for you. Devin Hester, he's not even a wide receiver. He's a special teams kick returner. That's all he is, and it's all he ever will be. It's Earl Bennett you got over here. He's a wide receiver. And then uh, who's the other one that never uh, everybody was high on? And then he just collapsed after week one and just fell apart, and you never heard from him again. Who was that? He was uh, former Colt. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, Mike? I anyway, they don't. Have, yeah. They don't have anything. Your best wide receiver is Greg Olson. I mean, come on, how is that team going to beat the Green Bay Packers? I, I don't. I don't
2: know. I'm kind of flip flopping now. I feel. I feel like I'm flip flopping. Well, you know, I would be, uh, but if, if I'm showing the line at three and a half, uh, you know, it's kind of hard not to take Chicago, uh, plus that half point. They want <laughs> you to take it, I aren't mean, Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it as, uh, okay, well, you know, cause I care less about either team to be honest with you, Scott. I mean, I really don't like either team at all, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at an innocent bystander. I'm going, well, you give me that half point, I I think I might take Chicago. But, uh, you know, right now, now i got to that's, that's a good point, Mike.
1: Vegas is begging, pleading with you to take Chicago. Take Chicago. Pleading with you. Buy into some of this hype. Take that extra half a point and, 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 and have fun. That's what they want you to do. But, look, you can't get all hyped in and suckered into that because, well, the Patriots were like a 10-point favorite. The Saints were like an 11-point favorite, like the biggest favorite in in playoff history. You know, so you can't really buy into that. It's who wants it more. And at the end of this week, I think that Chicago Bear Field is going to have such an impact on this game that, the Bears are going to keep it close. And I think if you keep it close with the Bears, that's not what you want to be in the second half. And so if the Bears, D, can do what they – I mean, they've got fans there. You, look, the funny thing is, those Bears fans, they came out in full fashion for that Patriots game. I think it was a packed house like they'd never had before. We knew people that were going to the game. And they got absolutely shellacked. I mean, they didn't even show up. And it was snowing and everything. And the Patriots just sent them home. The Packers – Look like an AFC team right now. The Packers look like they could be in the AFC elite because the AFC has been dominant. You know, there's not been anybody to, to challenge the AFC here. So, uh, I mean, the Saints did what they had to do and, and they were just banged up all year. Otherwise, they were like an AFC team. But the Packers look like they have what it takes to get it done this year. The question is, will they do it? So it's time for predictions. My three and a half point favorite, Green Bay at On Chicago, U.S. 0 oh, and four, no, one and three last week. I went four. Yeah. 0 So you've got
2: a lot of catching up to do. Don't get it risky here. Uh Well, no, I'm not going to get risky. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, 24 to 10, Green Bay.
1: Okay, 24-10, 24-10, Green Bay. Is that the over? Is that uh that's thirty that's thirty four so that. Yeah,
2: it's gonna it's gonna go well under that number. forty four Green, 10. Bay, defense 24 Green tough. Bay ten Chicago. It's gonna go under the forty three. Easily.
1: Yeah, Green Green Bay defense is tough. I'm uh I tell you what, I'm 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 thinking that uh, the 43 would be very hard to get to, and that's that's why I'm kind of questioning why it is. I saw that Jets Steelers game. I'm sorry, Jets Pack uh, Jets Bears game, and they put up a ton of points. So I think if you're uh, if if you're the Packers organization, and you're watching game film, you're watching that Jets Bears game and trying to figure out, man, how did the Jets score so many points on the Bears D that week? Uh, and you're and you go do the same thing, uh, and then. Uh, On the other side of the ball, look, the Bears, they put up a ton of points against the Jets, and so they were able to expose them. I don't know if you can expose the Packer D. The Packer D does not get enough respect, uh, but but that's a lot of points. 43 is a lot of points for a game in Chicago. It's going to be cold. There's going to be fans. I, too, am going to take the under, Mike. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to say the Bears do pull the upset. The upset that we we thought could never happen. I'm going to take the upset. twenty. Four to 20. 24? No, oh, that, that would actually be the over. That's going over, today. Bob. All right, I'm taking Bears and the over, twenty-four twenty. Bears wow. get it done, shot the world, and you have a where, Jets. Where do they
2: get those three touchdowns? You have a, you
1: have a Jets-Bears Super Bowl uh, in a game that
2: uh, probably features the worst two quarterbacks in a Super Bowl ever. Hey, if it works, it works, but it's not gonna happen. Where do they hey, get those three touchdowns? Listen, if the Bears get to
1: the Super Bowl, if the Bears get to, would that be the worst team to ever make the
2: Super Bowl? No, Baltimore Ravens with Trent Dilfer.
1: No, no, no. That defense was just absolutely incredible. You can't make them a worst team. They're one of the best, one of the most dominant defenses in the history of the league. You know what? I just thought of a team that I just thought of a team that was worse than the than the 2010 Bears. Don't say it. Hey. it the 2008. It was the 2000, uh, 2008 Bears, or the ones that, the ones that got there with the Colts and Rex Grossman. That was the worst team to ever make the Super Bowl. This one is by far better than that one. So. <laughs> what about this Broncos gonna be a blast? We've got the games on Sunday. We're gonna have a blast. We're gonna have all the food and all the beer. It's gonna be a blast. Thank you for being here. Red vs. Blue crew, we'll see you next Friday. Good luck to your teams, and we'll Dale, see you
0: on the You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.